Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan, over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to, and downloaded the Qalam Podcast. Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And inshallah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqah Jariyah. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q-A-L-A-M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are insha'Allah, bi'idnillah, going to benefit from all of this work, and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi wa dinastafa. Khususan ala sayyidi rusuli wa khatim al-anbiya. Wa ala alihi al-askiya wa ashabihi al-atqiya. Amma ba'd. There is a prominent scholar whose name you find in the literature of hadith and also in other subjects by the name of Thabit bin Muslim Al-Bunan, a common narrator of hadith and highly respected by the muhadithun and scholars. He was a tabi'i, someone that was known for his devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He would spend the nights in worship, the days spent in dhikr, recitation of Qur'an, making dua to Allah azawajal. They say that he was a person that if you traveled with him, no matter what time of the night you woke up and turned towards where he was lying, you would see him in prayer. Either in prayer or he would be reading the Quran. This is while he was traveling. Imagine the state of the person while he's actually at home. When people are traveling, they're trying to catch up on some sleep, trying to get some rest because the next day could be tough. But he was a person that no matter when you look towards him, he was already in salah. His companions, they say, when we would travel with Thabit al-Bunani, specifically there was one incident. We were going to meet the companion of Rasulullah Anas bin Malik And in our caravan with us was this great giant, Thabit al-Bunani. Every time we passed by a masjid, he stopped and prayed there. The caravan was large and people kept moving along and he kept slowing down because he wanted to pray salah. In every single masjid we passed by. When we came to Anas, when we arrived in front of Anas, 
Anas began to say, where is Thabit? Where is Thabit? I'm interested in meeting him. And they said Thabit was still catching up because he had fallen behind from the caravan due to his desire to pray in every masjid that he passed by. And then they say that once Abdullah, his son, says that it reached me that Anas said that, um, sorry, Abdullah narrates from his father who says that Anas said to Thabit, your eyes look very similar to the eyes of Rasulullah I mean, what a compliment for someone like Anas who was the khadim of Rasulullah who served Rasulullah for 10 years and was like a child to Nabi Khawaydi Mukhya Rasulullah, as his mother presented him to the Prophet of Allah, here is a servant of yours. Anas is saying that your eyes look just like the eyes of Rasulullah. And after he received this compliment, he spent the rest of his life crying, thanking Allah for this blessing. Until his eyesight went very weak. His eyesight had become weak. So Thabit al-Bunani went to the physician and said to him that my eyes are not well, what can I do? So the doctor said to him that I can give you a prescription, something that you'll need to do. And if you do this, it'll help with your eyesight. What do I do? So the doctor said to him, you have to stop crying. In order for your eyes to cure, you need to stop all this crying. So he then said, then what's the point of having these eyes? I'm trying to recover these eyes and gain my sight so I can continue serving the deen and continue to cry in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want to thank Allah for every moment, for every blessing of His, for everything. I just want to be grateful to Him. And you're saying the cure to this is in stopping these tears, I want them to increase. And therefore, he lived the rest of his life uh, with this difficulty of his, of, his, of his sight. And with that, he continued worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His son says, Muhammad, that when my father was on his deathbed, I went to sit by his side and to encourage him to say the shahada, La ilaha illallah. abi wa huwa fil I said to my father, say la ilaha illallah while he was on his deathbed. So his father said, Ya bunayya khalli anni. Oh my son, walk away. Walk away. You're telling me to say la ilaha illallah? I have at this point, You know my daily routine of dhikr that I do? I have already done that dhikr while lying on my deathbed six times. And you're telling me to say one statement? I've said this statement hundreds of times in my life. He once said regarding himself that there is not a pillar. There is not a pillar in this masjid that I have not completed the recitation of the Quran at. Not one pillar in this masjid that I haven't done khatam of the whole Quran. And I haven't sat at that pillar and cried. You know, I understand that when you hear these stories, you feel a little dwarfed. That gosh, I really suck. And as true as that may be for all of us, that compared to these giants, we have a long way to go. 
The purpose behind talking about their, about their ibadah, in truth, is to create inspiration. They were human beings. They had occupations. They had jobs. They had families. But they understood the purpose of life was something greater. And that's how a person ends up reading so much Qur'an and how, how a person loses their sight. And if this sounds difficult to you, then why would a person continue to cry even though the physician says that your eyesight is at risk? Go and ask a golfer why they continue to do what they do. Go and ask a boxer, an MMA fighter, why do you continue doing what you're doing? Why, go ask a football player, why do you continue to be a linebacker when you know this is messing your life up? Well, it's because there's money at the end of it. There's fame at the end of it. And when a person loves something, when they believe in something, all the sacrifice along the way, all the beat down and all the exhaustion becomes nothing. And these people were blessed by Allah, that Allah planted His love in their hearts. His students, they say that when Thabit al-Bunani passed away, we lowered him into his grave. Thabit al-Bunani I put Thabit al-Bunani in his grave. When we uh, straightened out the bricks that were going to be placed on him and now he was tucked away and he had been buried. One labina, one particular brick, it fell out of place. The narrator says, Wallahi, I saw him in that moment praying salah in his grave. I saw him with my eyes. I was there. There were other people, giants, muhaddithun that were there. I saw him praying salah in his grave. But he's then the Rabbi says, and I said to the person next to me, Atara, Alatara, did you not see? That that man was praying Salah in his grave. So the person next to me said, Fine. We sealed off the grave and lowered the soil and we were done with the burial. Atayna ibn we went to his daughter. We asked him, tell us about your father. There's something that we saw and we want to understand the secret behind this. She said, what did you see? What did you see? Tell me. We told her that we saw your father praying salah in his grave. She said, my father never missed the Hajj salah for 50 years. And when it was the final part of the night, he would make dua to Allah. Allahumma in kunta a'tayta ahadam min khalqika salata fi qabrihi fa'atiniha. I heard my father make this dua for years at the tahajjud time. Oh Allah, if there's any one person who you will allow to pray salah in his grave, then make that person me. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was not going to reject that man's dua. One of his other students, he says, we would pass by Thabit al-Bunani's grave. We would pass by Thabit al-Bunani's grave. 
that we heard the recitation of the Qur'an when we would pass by the grave of Thabit al-Hunan. Now I understand that some people must be thinking, but how is that possible? Well, first things first, we would say that this is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a person spends their life doing this and they ask Allah, nothing is beyond Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know regarding Imam Bukhari that when he was buried, scent emerged from his grave. And there are many examples of miracles happening at graves. And this has less to do with the person buried there and more to do with the father of Allah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed that. And it was his allowing, it was his kun that made this possible. As for the moral of this, this person desired it. He wanted it. He lived by it. As they say, كَمَا تَحْيَوْنْ تَمُوتُونَ The way you live is the way you'll die. وَكَمَا تَمُوتُونَ تُحْشَرُونَ And the way you will die is the way you will be resurrected. So tonight, as we live with another legend, the famous rawi of hadith, Thabit bin Muslim al-Bunani. We not only remember his sacrifice for hadith and the deen and ilm, but we also understand this man's personal connection and relationship with Allah. To many of us, we would say unprecedented. In our lives, this sort of devotion is beyond our comprehension. But they did it and they left a path for us. Now it's our turn to walk on that path. If we can't do khatam at every pillar in our masjid, at least do khatam of the Qur'an sometime in your life. At least learn to cry. There's one riwayah specifically, and I would like to share it with you before we end. It's regarding Thabit al-Bunani. One time, Thabit, he said to his students, Inni I know when my Lord remembers me. I know when Allah remembers me. His companions were puzzled and shocked and were, you know, kind of out of place. Like, what do you mean? You know when Allah remembers you? What kind of statement is that? You're saying you know when Allah remembers you? He said, yes. They said, when? He said, how I, know, how I know my Rabb has remembered me is that he puts it in my heart to remember him. So whenever I sit down to do dhikr and I find myself saying La ilaha illallah, in my heart I'm smiling and I'm, I understand that actually Allah is remembering me. So he dragged me into this affair. I have no business being here. As Allah says, Fadkuruni. Remember me, I shall remember you. And then he said, I also know when my Lord accepts my dua. His companions were puzzled again. What are you saying? How do you know if Allah accepts your dua? That when I'm in front of my Rabb and my heart begins to shake and the hair on my skin begins to stand and my eyes are flowing with tears and I'm in the middle of my dua, I know in that moment Allah is accepting all of it. Because I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of it. It's all happening at once.
This was Thabit al-Bunani. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevate his maqam and fill his grave with nur. And may he allow us all to follow the footsteps of the great righteous legends that live before us. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad.